mark this, they can milk the clock. They probably don't have to score now. Goss Hawks has interfered with this and attempt to lead. They got nothing forward. They haven't got much to go to. All their numbers are behind the footy. They're all knackered. Memory. 44 seconds left in the game. High ball down the line. Him right through some traffic. They're not going to get too many more opportunities. But this is a clear one through the midfield. Selwood goes high. Bart. Bart tell the target. Off hand. Comes to Robert Hurd. Akers is under pressure. Bob up trying to run it down. And they get it away. I think the Saints are going to win. 18 seconds left. And Alan Richardson and St Kilda lead by three points. Seven, eight seconds. There's time for this boundary throw. They're out on their feet. Have a look at this. There's a fair bit of space inside 50. Which way does it go? Harry Taylor. They need a mark here. Kick around the body. Bartell nearly did it. Eight seconds remaining. Through came Montana on the ground. That might be it for the Saints. Three seconds remaining. And wow. What an effort this has been. One of the great games of season 2016. They can't give away a free kick. Saints fans can't believe it. And there's the siren. A magical moment for St Kilda. One of the great upsets of 2016. They've beaten the top of the table cats. Welcome to the round 14 review on the Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'm joined again this week by Geary. Geary, how are you going, mate? Yeah, I'm uh, doing pretty well this week. I had a pretty good week Supercoach-wise as well. Lovely, Uh, lovely. Before we even cut into anything Supercoach-related, we'll go with the theme of our intro. And by golly, what a game St. Kilda vs. Geelong was. Did you end up catching it, mate? Um, I didn't quite watch the whole game because uh, I went out that night but yeah. um, I did uh, watch those last two minutes that they put up on the AFL website yeah. um, on Facebook Yeah. and I kind of regret actually missing that game now because yeah. usually I do watch the Saturday night games. Whatever plans you had, had and whatever you did when you went out, you missed an absolute thriller and it wasn't worth it, mate. What an absolutely amazing... Probably my favourite game for the year, to be honest. I would say yeah. I would say Port versus Bulldogs, but that involved a Port loss. If we had a won that, that'd be favourite game of the year. But yeah, no, nah, absolute yeah. thriller, mate. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, Paddy Dangerfield got off as well. So yes, that's also a plus. Yes, I can't believe he was even looked at for that. That was ridiculous. Um, if the podcast is coming out a little bit late, you might have recognised the music in that intro, which is Game of Thrones. That I just finished watching, and oh, 
no spoilers on the podcast, but Giri, you need to start watching the show. It, um, we could do a podcast on that, I reckon. If you catch up in the in the following months, we'll do a podcast on that amazing show. Not a chance. <laughs> You're rolling it out straight away. Um, fair, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. How'd you go for the week, mate? Um, I did quite well. I scored uh, 1,860 points, and I was actually quite surprised that it saw my rank jump up three and a half thousand spots. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I'm sitting at 11,439, which I'm quite happy with, given the, the start that I had to the season. Yeah. But I know that this last week of the buys is going to be quite tough for me. So I, I am expecting to drop again this week. Oh, yeah, see, that's not what we want. You just get up to the 10K mark and then you end up falling back again. Um, yeah. But anything could happen. I mean, no one expected Zorko and Daniel Wells, well, maybe Daniel Wells, but definitely not Zorko to be out, and that caught a lot of people off guard. So, yeah. My week was, um, I scored 1958, and I went from... Oh, I was about mid twenty thousands, which is worse than I've ever been, or worse than I've been for a, a long time. And I jumped eight thousand spots to fifteen thousand, and I am fielding nineteen players this week, so I expect to have another little um, jump after this week. I had, I could, I could not believe this. I had Menadju, who I emergency loopholed oh. on for Aaron Hall. Um, oh. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I had Collins on the field. I had Phillips on the field over Aaron Hall. I had, um, I pretty much nailed all. I had Gary Ablett captain after vice captaining Danger and not not being settled with that. Uh, just everything seemed to fall into place for me this week for the first week in a long time. Um, now, regarding the podcast this week, I did put something out on Facebook asking the community what they'd want, um, how they'd want it set up, whether it was a different setup. And I think popular demand was that we did a bit of a game-by-game game thing, which we haven't really done yet, but um, we're open to suggestions all the time. So make sure you leave a comment on the Facebook post um, of the podcast just saying whether you like this sort of format, this new format that we're going with. And on that note, we will jump straight into the games of the weekend. Kicking us off was a Thursday night game in Adelaide in which it was supposed to absolutely pour down with rain, but we did not see a drop of. Um, Rory Sloan was the big talking point out of that one. If you got him as a POD, 141 pre-scaled, he just he really tore North Melbourne up, didn't he? Yeah, um, that was another game I regret not watching. I was uh, stuck at work. I managed to get the last quarter, but which was probably, I'd say, the least intriguing because Adelaide kind of just ran away with it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Rory Sloan, he just ran away with it. He... He could do no wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, like other great scores around the ground for our teams. Um, Laird was serviceable with uh, 89. Goldstein hit the ton. Um, Did Goldstein hit the ton? Did I think Goldstein was a point off the ton. I don't think he got any scaling at all. Oh, ooh, I think he might. Oh, let's ooh. just see. I'll challenge oh, no, him. you're right, you're right. Yep. He, got not, he was 99, so... Yep. It was uh, close, but no cigar. Now, back on Roy Laird, if you didn't get him in last week, he's probably a, not a must-get this week, but if you're missing a spot in defence, he's as much of a must-get as you can get. He doesn't score below 90, the bloke. Yeah, um, he's, he's, oh, 
probably say he's a top six. He's probably pushing around that number six uh, as that sixth best defender and super coach. You're giving away too much, mate. We're doing a top 10 rankings for forwards, midfielders, and defenders later, and I don't want to know a single one of yours. This is completely unprecedented blindness we're going in with. Yeah, Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try... Uh, stay away from those predictions uh, from now on. So um, yeah, definitely. I'll, I think we'll just move on to the next game, Jordan. Yes, next game was a Friday night game, and I thought this was going to be a thriller, but it didn't end up being very close at all. Collingwood just ran away with it. Fremantle were really disappointing, but they do have to fly all over Australia. Um, and Sam Collins was the main talking point in this one, and he just went bananas. Um, him and Michael Barlow, having both of them on the field was just a crazy combination to watch. Did you happen to catch this game, Gary? Yes, I did watch this one. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't as good as the games that I should have been watching this week. <laughs> um, I think what was kind of a kick in the teeth for me this game was the fact that I didn't put the emergency on Sam Collins. Instead, I chose to field Darcy Tucker. Oh, no. I just went with it. Yeah, so uh, I missed out on about 70 points there. And I also had Pendlebury Vice captain, so that was also a bit of a bummer. Now, a surprising down game for Pendlebury. He was on 83 pre-scout. I think he got up to about 87 after scaling. Um, Just a down game from the captain? or I mean, I don't think there's anything major. He did have a rolled ankle during the week, so maybe his preparation wasn't as good as he'd like it to be, but you'd expect him to bounce back pretty quickly. He had the buy as well, so maybe it was a bit. He was a bit rusty. I mean, it was kind of evident in the Adelaide game as well. They they kicked a ton of behinds. Twenty seven, well. I think it was. Twenty twenty eight behinds. Yeah, they yeah. couldn't kick straight at all. So we just hope that they're just uh, shaking off some rustiness with an extra week off. Yeah, Pendlebury's one of the. I've got a complete midfield, and he's unfortunately not in it. And he's probably the only player that I really regret not getting in. Um, I think I had him or Parker at one point of the season. Chose Parker because he was scoring 120 every week and he hasn't really been the same since. So I apologise to everyone for that. Now, Adam Trelaw continues his scintillating form and he scored 111 pre-scaled. He honestly just looks like a super premium, but he's not scoring anything above 130. I think maybe once he has. Trelaw, would you consider him over some of the other uber premiums? his price at because if he's at a reasonable price I think he is around um, the 600 mark Trelaw no no he's at 525 so oh. if oh, if you're a couple of K off getting someone like uh, Hanabry or Lockie Neal well I don't think he'll be getting Lockie Neal in this week because he has his buy but if you're maybe 20k off Hanabry or um, someone like Joel Saltwood yeah. Oh, who also has his buy this week? But if you're, yeah, if you're looking for someone around that, t- around that price point, Robbie Gray, Critters, uh, Parker, Josh Kennedy, all those sorts of ones. Yeah, um, is a very good option. Yeah, he's, uh, and he's uh, he's not owned in a lot of teams either, so he's a very good POD. Yeah, and he's very consistent as well. So, um, yeah, I don't have any issue with him at all. Now, Tom Phillips did his job with an 87. We'll talk more about him later on. 
But Darcy Tucker, only a 43, was quite disappointing. I think his break-even's up in the 40s now at about 49. Um, yeah. I think he's just... If you're looking to get a rookie in the back line, and we'll look at some of those later, but he could be a really... Um, he could be a decent option to sort of downgrade already, even though he hasn't made that much cash. Yeah, um, he's got his buy this week as well, so it's... Uh, if you need the extra player in, there are... There's, uh, I wouldn't say there's a few. I'd say there's one that, one or two that you could consider um, uh, that could maybe be the reason you get to field 18 this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, him having the buy makes it a bit of an easier choice. Um, moving on to the next game, this was Saturday afternoon, Richmond versus Brisbane, and another game that just really wasn't close um, throughout it at all, and the scores reflect that. Now, everyone would have enjoyed Dustin Martin's 123 pre-scaled. Um, uh, if you didn't have him already, you would have traded him in last week after his buy, so that was very much appreciated. Connor Menadju, like we um, spoke about earlier, got 130. Um, he'll he'll skyrocket in price, and he... Oh, it's a flash in the plan. Was there ever any doubt, Jordan? Well, I picked him in round one knowing full well that he'd do this in round 14, so he's met yeah, all my expectations. <laughs> uh, it makes you think, how did he not do this earlier in the season? What was he doing? Yeah, if he, yeah, if he did it at least once earlier in the season, you would have gotten a healthy price rise. Oh, big time. And, uh, oh, and no good. I guess now you're just going to have to... I mean, oh, now, now you don't really need the cash. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that. now you don't really need it, so... But yeah, those those one thirty points didn't go astray. That's for sure. Um, now Trent Cochin got near the ton, but one person who did score over the ton, a lot of people traded him in this week, was Deledio with one hundred and ten. Um, just a, a stock standard score from Deledio. If you missed him last week, um, any this week is as good as any to trade him in. He looks he looks excellent, doesn't he? Yeah, um, he's he's a very uh, without giving too much away. Like you said before, um, he's uh, one of the best forwards. Oh, he's one of the best players at Richmond, really. Yeah, oh, big time. Um, very important. Yeah, very important player. Uh, key to their success, and it showed again on Saturday afternoon. This was also one of the games that I managed to watch, um, <laughs> and unfortunately, uh, it wasn't the best game. But well, you are a Brisbane supporter, uh, so other than yeah, that, I mean, yeah. it wasn't too I bad. Mean, you want, Sort of nonsense every week from my team. So. <laughs> yeah, it's kind um, of to be expected. Hey, mine's not travelling too much better. Um, yeah. From your team side of things, though, Stephen Martin and Tom Rockcliffe were able to turn up. For owners of them, yeah. especially Stephen Martin, that's a massive relief to see him do that twice in a row. Um, Rockcliffe yeah. is just still keeping keeping along very nicely. Yeah, hits the ton again. Um, in a game where Brisbane really didn't give much of a shout. I think this was a welcome was welcome that, you know, uh, these premiums that we brought in are still delivering with good scores. Even Daniel Rich, eighty five pre scale, I mean, while it's not the best, it's still serviceable somewhat, so yeah. you'll accept it. Yeah, and that turned into an eighty eight post scale and um, uh, without giving too much away because I'll talk a bit more about it later, but he's on my chopping block this week. I'm thinking of trading him out. So 
Um, just not getting the job done for me. I can't have any more of these 80s, and when he gets tagged, it's a 70 and 60. And it's frustrating. Frustrating to own, that's for sure. Um, Reith Matheson, Reese Matheson sorry, came in for his third game and didn't disappoint with an 80-plus score. Um, owners of him will be very, very happy. But those who took Jared Jansen, only a 60, and he, he did look good. He looked like he should have scored more than a 60, but... Um, a few categories, a few stats let him down. Um, even worse than that was Ben Keys with 30. Um, he looks like a guaranteed trade-out option to just cash in on this week, Ben Keys. Yeah, um, I think with Jansen and Matheson, I mean, you said Jansen only a 64. Well, 64 from a rookie, I'd still say is quite serviceable. Agreed. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't be too disappointed with those scores. And uh, they should serve as decent bench cover for, if not towards the end of the season, I'd say still in the coming weeks. Yeah, they definitely. Should, uh, yeah, in the instance that Zorko doesn't come back or Wells decides to take another week off um, after his buy, I think they should serve as good enough bench cover if you have one or both of those midfielders. Yeah, and I mean, Ben Keys is probably the only one you'd look to jump off. The other ones are travelling very nicely. Now, he had two debutants in this game. Matthew Hamel, Hamelman, I think is the pronunciation, is one of them. And he yep. only scored in the 30s. Um, Nathan Broad was the other one, scored in the 60s. We'll talk about Broad a bit later on, but he had a decent um, decent debut, but he was coming in. He was a late in for... Um, uh, the name escapes me at the moment, but his job security is obviously shaky, so we will discuss that later. But two debutants to keep your eye on if they're named this week, that's for sure. Well, Hamelman with the buy, but broad, broad definitely. <laughs> um, the next game is the game that we discussed in the intro. That was St. Kilda versus Geelong Saturday night. Um, not Jordan, a lot. I think you're forgetting a game, mate. Where am I? What have I missed? Uh, GWS Carlton, mate. Okay. That was the Twilight game. All right. Well, my pictures are out of order, and thanks for pointing that out. But GWS versus Carlton was the next game, and that was the Twilight game. <laughs> um, now, the biggest talking point out of this one, Heath Shaw, with only a 40-odd, and it was he got that forward tag from um, Simon White, who really just clamped down on him. The coach still sung his praises, said he did really well defensively, but... From us coaches, we are not happy with 48, so that's for sure. Thank God he's owned by 97.84% of the competition and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, given what Heath Shaw has done for us this season, I'm pretty sure we can allow just one bad game. I guess it was just unfortunate that it was uh, during the buys. But um, I'm certain with uh, his buy coming up this week, he'll get a good rest and he'll uh, come back firing in round 16. Yeah, no doubt. And Toby Green's another one that probably needs a bit of a rest with only a 69 pre-scale. Owners would be frustrated having seen what he can do and also seeing what he can do. Um, yeah. Now, their midfield brigade, brigade was on point with Coniglio scoring over 130, Ward scoring in the 120, Shield scoring about 115, they are just all exceptional players to own. I've got Shill. I wouldn't be against getting Callum Wood or Caniglio this year. Um, they're all just they're yeah. just 
you can't say enough about them. They're an amazing midfielder and one to watch out for in the coming years. Yeah, that unit, I'm certain that that midfield will be part of a premiership side uh, in the coming years. And I think led by Ward and uh, his, I'd say, I don't want to say less experienced because they're all coming into their prime now, but that is just a gun midfield. Yeah. And looking on the other side of the sheet as well, Carlton, um, I think they've developed incredibly nicely as well. Yeah, no um, doubt. No doubt. And they had Ed Kerno top scoring again, which he's done time and time again this year. Um, Bryce Gibbs scored in the 90s, but this game was more about the half-back flankers. Now, Zach Williams for GWS, a massive score of 140, I think he was scaled to. And Cade Simpson and Sam Dockey doing what they do best, and that's scoring high 90s to low tons. Dockey probably more so high tons, but um, yeah. this one was only a 110 or something along those lines. Um, it was just good to see a lot of half-back flankers on display, and all these three are um, definite options for any, anyone's team, really. Yeah, um, uh, I don't have Dockey, uh, unfortunately, which I kind of wish I did. But Simpson was very serviceable with his uh, 100 pro-scale score. Um, Doherty, I think he got scaled to 110 in this game. Yep. And he's probably priced out for me, and I've already got my six uh, main defenders, so I'm kind of, uh, I've kind of locked myself out there, but I'm pretty sure Doherty will come home averaging 115, 110 to 115 this year. Yeah, he, he looks exceptional, yeah. And he's my trade in this week for Marcus Adams, it looks like. So i um, very happy to be getting him in, and he scored low enough for him to have dropped a few K as well, so it's very handy. Um, now, there weren't many other talking points. Maybe if you've held Sam Carriage, who scored a um, 76 pre-scale, um, it may be time to jump off him if you're still holding on to him and letting that cash build or... Um, for whichever reason you're waiting for a midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. I think also his, uh, you might need his uh, score for the buy because it's still the last week of the buy. So since he's already had his buy, I think you still might want to hold him just for this week. Yeah. His if... break even's at about, yeah, his break even's at 105. And he probably won't get that, but I think his score is a lot more important than, uh, I don't know, 15K cash drop. Yeah, definitely. And if you do already have 20 players, which is unlikely this round playing, um, and you do feel like upgrading him, then I'm not against it, but more likely you want to hold him for this last buy round and um, take that score. Now, may I move on to the St. Kilda Geelong game? I've been excited to talk about it all night, mate. Yeah, knock yourself out. (laughs) Now, Patrick Dangerfield, the main talking point in this one, he only scored, yeah, only 110 I oh, know it's a, it's a poor game. We should all trade him out. It's he's only up to seven hundred and forty k. He's obviously having a crap season. Um, he got reported. He was obviously running a muck all game. Yeah, just just shocking behaviour by Danger. Um, yeah, one hundred and ten, which is good, but not captaincy worthy. So those who carried on to Gary Ablett would have been very happy. But more notable is Joel Selwood, Mitch Duncan, able to turn up as well in that midfield in a Cats loss. So, um, very surprising loss, obviously, we um, we might add. But Tom Ruggles, if you still held him, very formidable with a high 80s pre, uh, pre-scale score. Yeah, um, 
just looking at these scores now because I didn't really have a good chance to look at it. Um, so if you had a lot of the Geelong boys, uh, Dangerfield, so I would. I think a few people even have Corey Enright uh, in defence and Tom Ruggles if you've still got him. I think that was a very good, uh, good solid engine for your team. Um, those with Bartel probably be a bit disappointed with his uh, 57. Very. Um, but that, still, very... yeah, still <laughs> no re- yeah, still no reason to rage trade or anything like that. Um, on the St Kilda side of things, um, Lee Montagna, absolutely brilliant, 109 pre-scale. I think he would have been scaled up after that. About 115 um, he ended up at, with. Yeah, 115. Um, if you've got Nick Rewalt... I don't think many do, but he would have been a. It's been a pretty good selection this year, as with any other year, really. Hundred, also cracking hundred and ten. Um, I think the surprising one, however, would have been Jack Stephen. Only scored the seventy six mm. uh, this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is very. Having said that, however, it's quite underwhelming. Yeah, it's quite underwhelming since. You would have brought him in as a bit of a point of difference. So if your point of difference, if your POD selection does poorly, it kind of really sets you back a bit. But I still think uh, Stephen's an excellent selection uh, yeah. coming into the run home. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great game. Brigade, yeah. it wasn't a great game for PODs with Stephen scoring poorly. Shane Savage, if you've got him, scored very poorly. Um, Jimmy Bartell, who's still a bit of a POD. Stephen Motlop even um, was down on his usual effort. Even Blitzarbs, if you've got him in the ruck or midfield, um, scores in the 70s, not that great. Um, so not a great one for PODs, but overall an excellent game to watch. It's That's an understatement. And um, overall, most of the popular picks getting up. And on to the final, round of, uh, final game of the round, which... Proved to be a lot more exciting than we would have predicted going in. I hope you saw this one, Gary. Um, Gary Ablett. Gary Ablett. Gary Ablett Jr. Keeps being Gary Ablett Jr. Yes, the goat. I uh, had him captain. Love him. Love that little uh, um, fake hand pass. Bit of a shimmy, bit of a snap on goal. Uh, yeah, Gary. he was absolutely brilliant. Um Sam Mitchell as well. I think it's just the senior blokes in this yeah. game really stood up. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you look down Sam the Mitchell Hawthorne... Just continues to get it done. Yeah, if you look down Hawthorne's list, Grant Birchall, um, over 115. Jordan Lewis, over 115. Josh Gibson would have been scaled to that sort of number. Um, all of the um, older boys sort of stepped up and um, unfortunately... Or even Hodge in his comeback game uh, scored a 98, which is pretty big as well, but yeah. um, Kane and Brand owners would have been hoping for a little bit more, with only a 58 pre-scale. Good for a rookie, but in the buy rounds, you really need to step up. But, talking about wanting a little bit more, Ryan Davis, 34, you're an uh, owner, mate. What are you doing with Ryan? Uh, Ryan Davis, I think I have to hold him this week, because I'm struggling to get the players on the park as it is. Um, but, after this week, he's going to be Traded out to fund my last midfield upgrade. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think someone who's equally as disappointing. I don't really have him anymore, but I know a lot of people that would have held him. Aaron Hall, only with the 69. 
Well, if there was ever a week I would have excused him for scoring such a score, it would be this week when I had to bench him for Manager. But people need to remember that it's his return game. Rodney would be on his back saying, do all the defensive work. So he's trying his ass off, um, trying to get back and defend and rather than going at the ball and being himself. And um, Aaron Hall, I still have faith he'll come back into it and he'll he'll pull through and he'll still be all right. Um You've got to hold him. I, I feel like he's a definite hold this week at least, obviously playing for yeah. the bye. If he has another down yeah. week, then if you've got enough trades, then you can look at moving him on. But certainly hold this week at least. Keep the faith for another round. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Matt yeah. Rosa, if you got him in as a bit of a POD, only scored 58. I think I advocated highly for him last week, for which I apologise. He wasn't that good on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, it was Gary Ablett and Sam Mitchell. Jesse show. Joyce. Oh, Joycey. Yeah. Um, we will discuss yeah. him a little bit later. I don't think he has high ownership at the moment, so his 51 wouldn't have been yeah. affected um, or felt throughout the community too much. But, yeah, just a stock standard game from the rookie who's got defence and mid-eligibility. So, um, actually, no, you know what? We'll jump onto them now, Gary. That's a perfect segue, mate. Um yeah. Joyce, would you consider Absolutely. trading him in this week? I know you are. Yeah, if he's named this week, then I will be trading him in. I won't be making a lot of cash off the trade since it's Darcy McPherson who's going to get the chop. But um, I think he is a necessary trade to make. Yeah. Uh, he's only a, he, he has passed. He's uh, played more than two games. He's played his third game already, but he's still only at 122k, and I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be trading him in really to make you more cash, it's just so much that you can field players through the buys, and if he holds his spot, um, he can provide good bench cover, but also the DPP, so if you put him as a defensive mid in your midfield, uh, he can provide pretty handy links when trading uh, over the next month. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Joyce does look like a solid option, especially if he's picked this week. Um, rivaling him in defence is Nathan Broad, who only just played his debut. But at this point of the season, you're really only looking for players to play this week and um, maybe provide some cover at D, um, D8 or something like that. But um, if you're looking for a D7 um, to actually really come off your bench and cover, then you're probably a bit late. You, you might have to look to spend a bit more on someone or rearrange your trade so someone better's in. I mean, Colin should be good enough. So, I mean, I my I final team... Tucker. Tucker, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon both of them. If you've got one of the two, I reckon they're both decent options. Um, they, job security looks pretty good for now. So, um, I don't think you'd be too concerned about... Having one or the other, I think either would suffice for the time being. Yeah, um, I do like Broad over Joyce, though, um, mainly due to his higher scoring potential. Um, I only need him this week to score any number um, that he can, hopefully to get in my best um, 18. And, I mean, Joyce, he's, he's going to come out and get another 50. Broad, hopefully, he's going to come out for a better score, but that's assuming he gets selected. Now, someone that's obviously a brighter star than both of these is Phillips, who had a great second game. He scored 87 after his scaling, and 
he kicked a couple of goals. He was actually really pivotal to that um, Collingwood team, and he'll, I reckon he's cemented his spot for another few weeks at the very least after that performance. So um, he's pretty much the lock trading if you don't already have him, yeah? Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure most people would have gone to Phillips last week after his first game. Uh, if you don't have him, I think now's a very good time to do it. I think uh, if, if you're tossing up between Joyce and Phillips, I'll absolutely go Tom Phillips. Um, his break-even's like negative 80, so yeah. I think. And his job security seems to be a lot better than Joyce's as well. So I think Tom Phillips is probably the best uh, downgrade option for this week. Yeah, Phillips is an absolute no-brainer if you're looking to downgrade and make some money. Um He's probably going to hold his spot in the team for longer than Broad and Joyce. He's going to score more than Broad and Joyce, probably combined. And he's, yeah, no, he's, he looked really good on the weekend. Um, now, moving on to the upgrade targets. Now, um, I'm pretty sure everyone out there, especially those in our community, are clever enough to figure out the Hannah's Parkage APK. Robbie Gray, Pritis are still around a, a cheap price for where they would be. They've both, they've all got relatively achievable but not too high break-evens. Um, I, I reckon those are the very obvious ones. I want to talk about a guy who isn't getting looked at by a lot of people now, someone within our ranks, someone that has been on this podcast many a times and has now exclusively moved over to the Thursday podcast. That would be Pete. I know for a fact he's definitely considering this man, and that's Marcus Bontempelli. Um, Gary, before I get your reaction, I'll read out a few numbers from him since he moved into that midfield. Um, uh, Crows at Etihad Stadium, 149. Melbourne at the G, 112. GWS at Spotless, 112. Now, Collingwood at the G was only 78. Then West Coast, 147 at Etihad. Port at Adelaide, over 127. And then he scored uh, 86 against Geelong. Um, they are huge scores, and I mean he's he's moved into that midfield. He's got a three round average of one hundred and twenty and a five round average of one hundred one hundred and ten. So um, he, if you're looking for a point of difference pick, he's only in five percent of teams. His run home is decent. He's got Sydney, Richmond, Gold Coast, St Kilda. Then it gets a bit harder with Geelong, North Melbourne, and then he finishes off with Collingwood, Essendon, and Fremantle. Um, would you consider yeah. Bont if you had any spots in that midfield? If I did have spots in that midfield, uh, I would consider it. But the problem with bringing Bont and Pally in is there's a big difference between bringing him in at 500k versus bringing him in at 560k. Like at around that price, I mean, if you want to do the upgrade this week, I think Bont and Pally versus Mitchell versus. Hanabry, Parker, JPK. No. I still think that... You're comparing S- people. The Sydney boys. Come yeah. on, man. If you had well, that, 560k, it was your last trade, your last upgrade, it was to complete your team, yeah. would you consider Bontempelli? I'd uh, consider it, but... If you had as, everyone around his price. <laughs> You're giving him no credit I mean, at all. <laughs> I, no, I, I still think he's a good option, but there are a lot safer options at his price point at this particular time. And I think that's what you that's the biggest consideration that we have to 
put in. All right, I'll add something. What if you've got all the safe picks and you don't have a single point of difference in your team? Would you consider Bontempelli? Yes, I would. <laughs> I gotcha. I would. There we go. But that's but but it's that that's the if that's the that's the big if. Yeah. Like for me personally, I'm holding out for Lockie Neal, who's uh, I think he's probably about the same price point as Marcus Bontempelli. So, and I'm quite confident in the fact that Neil would average probably five to ten points more than Bontempelli for the rest of the season. So mm. uh, that's the reason I'm not giving him too much thought. And it's my last midfield upgrade anyway. So right. that's that's where I stand with it. That's fair. For my personal team. I feel like I finally brought you back around and got you to say that you consider him, so that's good enough for me. Um, I like yeah. Benton Pelly as a pick, especially as a POD pick. Even if you do already have one or two PODs, um, you're sitting outside the eight or you're sitting outside the top 10,000 rankings, you just want to um, throw it in, have a decent, fun end to the season. I reckon Benton Pelly is a great selection, so um, I reckon definitely look out for him. Try and get him into your team if you... Um, are looking for that type of player. Now, a bit of news on Johannesson. I've seen quite a few people talking about him, but he's, um, I think the coach has already confirmed, but I've heard from um, other people that um, he's at least two weeks away through the VFL. So we should play in the VFL this week. They had the bye last week, obviously. And then he'll play there this week and then next week. Um, and then, he, he, then he'll probably come back through the AFL then. So... He's another two weeks away. So if you're holding out your last upgrade for him, I probably wouldn't at this point. Um, you don't want to have a, a rookie on your field for another two more weeks. What are your thoughts on that, Geary? Yeah, um, I think the thing is that there are defenders that are good to pick up, like guys like Doherty, um, guys like Rance who have had their buy, and you know they're, they're warm bodies as well. Like Johannesson coming off an injury, you'd never really know if coming off that big injury has really affected the way they play. Um, and Johansson, he's really kind of only broken out this season as well. So you've got to be wary of that uh, when you select him. So I think I'd be staying away and I'd be encouraging others to do the same. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, at this point, if he was coming back this week, then um, I could understand watching him for a week or watching his price drop a little bit and then jumping on. But... Another two weeks and then a high break even when he returns, he'll probably be a bit rusty. And then another week after that is probably too long to wait um, to get full premium. If you want to save a trade for him, maybe trade an underperforming, um, I mean, Daniel Rich, I'll throw his name in there again, but someone like that in there, then um, I could, that that's probably more understandable than holding out your last upgrade for him. Um, now, on that note, we're going to jump into the top 10 per line, excluding Rucks. I think we both agree Goldstein and Gorn are obviously going to be number one and two. Um, quick shout-out and honourable mention to Stefan Martin, who I think is going to storm home. Um, I did advise people before the buys to hold on to him and um, ride, the, ride the ship, so I hope a few people did because he, he is looking good at, at the moment. Um, shall we start off with forward line or defence, Gary? I think we'll start off with the forward line. All right, forward line. You go through yours. Your top 10 scorers right. from this week onwards. Um, from Yeah, top 10. All right, top 10. So, number one, actually, it's not in any particular order, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I shouldn't have said number one, should <laughs> yeah, I? Yeah, no, that's a bad um, start. Let's see. Shaw, Doherty, Simpson, 
Boyd, Bartel, Rance, Pittard, Laird, Gibson, and my smoky per se, Zach Williams. Wow, 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 wow. First of all, I've got a couple of points on those straight away. Point number one is that's an interesting forward line you've got there because we were starting with forwards. Point number two... Oh, were we? <laughs> you said let's start with forwards. Did I? <laughs> yeah. When you, when you listen to the podcast, you'll be like, what the hell was I thinking? Everyone that's yeah. listening to that, yeah, no, nah, that's no good. Anyways, um, point number two, um, we both said before the podcast we are going to come up with a bit of a smoky because we are struggling yeah. to find 10... This is my top 10 in no order, and I'm not going to number them yeah. like you did. Um, Heath yeah. Shaw, Doherty, yeah. Simpson, yeah. Rance, Laird, Boyd. Yeah. I've got Bartel yeah. in there as well. I've got Pittard in there. I've got yeah. McVeigh in there. Sorry for the exclusion, yeah. Josh Gibson, but my smokey is also Zach Williams. Yeah, I thought as much. I think, I think when you said smoky at the time I think I kind of knew that it was Zach Williams he's a bit of a giveaway as well yeah yeah Um, yeah, he's in amazing form and I really like him running off hard if people want to clamp down on Shaw Zach Williams will punish you so no I I like that top 10 I did leave Gibson out of mine I still think he's too um, susceptible to fall into a halfback I mean fullback sorry punching and um, manning up sort of role. I know we all play team defense yeah. these days, but that sort of always worries me with those Hawthorne players. Um, I did yeah. chuck Pittard in there because he's having an underrated season and he's a good point of difference, and I'm probably trading him in this week. So, um, yeah. Now, would you like to go the forward or the midfield, and whichever one you select, do the other one, okay? All right, so I'll do the forwards. <laughs> all right, go and- Obviously, Patrick Dangerfield. Yep, yep, standard. Yep. <laughs> um, standard. Yep. Gary Ablett, Pendle Bree, Hannah Bree, um, Lockie Neal, uh, Joel Selwood, Rory Sloan. Um, okay, now the last four are a bit uh, questionable, but I still think that they're going to still home. Um, Tom Rockliffe, Helen Ward, Jack Stephen, and Sam Mitchell. Did you have Pendle Bree in there? Yeah, I did say Pendles. Did you? All right, I missed it. Yes, I did. I was too busy. Yeah, um, I said too busy laughing at your joke about doing the forward line and then doing the midfield. That was yeah, it was original yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> I find Sloan is an interesting one. He's also in mine. I'll do mine now. It's Dangerfield, Sloan, Pendlebury, Ablett, Hannibury, Neil, yeah. Selwood, and then um, yeah. I reckon these guys will storm home. I've got Rockcliffe. JPK, who's having an underrated season as well. And believe it or not, I've got a port player on this line as well, and it's Robbie Gray. I reckon he will absolutely storm home. And um, even though we're, I I think as a port supporter, being a realistic port supporter, we won't make the eight, and I don't think there's any way we will. But um, I don't think the players should be thinking that at this point, and they'll probably storm home and make a decent run at it still. Yeah. Um, I think with Robbie Gray as well, he's... Um, I would say he's had he's underperformed somewhat this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he's had. I think he struggled a bit, but I think after his bye, he should be back fresh and ready to go. Yeah, I I definitely agree. He, he needs a bit of a rest, I reckon. So, um, lastly, would you like to do your ruckman? 
Oh, yeah. So um, for my ruckman, I'd have uh, Daniel Wells as my number one ruck. Yep, fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, code Dustin Martin, Michael Barlow. I'm convinced now he's he's playing for his career, so he's going to be absolutely fantastic in the run home. Definitely um, agree. Lee Montagna. Yeah, Reptilidio. Uh, Buddy Franklin. Yep. Uh, Zach Merritt. I was trying to convince myself he's not going to be good enough, but I just can't pick a fault with him in yeah. that poor Essendon side. Um, I'd say Josh Kennedy from West Coast. You do like him. You've mentioned um, him on a couple of podcasts I, now. I do, like, I, I do like him. It's the beard. It's got to um, be the beard. Oh, it's the beard. Yeah, it's the beard. I can't, <laughs> I can't resist a good beard. Um, Jack Gunston and Nick Rewalt. As my last two, I was really struggling over there. Yeah. Uh, with the uh, forwards, so um, yeah, minor really similar. Minor similar. I've Pardon. got um, Dustin Martin, Dane Zorko, Michael Barlow, Deledio, Montagna. I've also got Buddy. I've also got um, Zach Merritt, and I like you. Try to find fault in this kid, but. He um he just keeps on churning up this hundred. I think he's going to be the only successful Essendon player, and I don't mean successful as in like these rookies haven't been successful like Tip and Woody, but the only player that you could start at the start of the season and end up with and be extremely happy with his season. So, um, then my last three, I've got Dow House in there expecting to come back from injury in a couple of weeks, so I think he can storm home pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got Nick Rewalt in there, which you interestingly had as well. And then with a yeah. little bit of till in there as well, I've got Chad Wingard. So yeah. unintentionally, I, I managed to sneak in a port player in every line, but there is no bias in that at all. They're all good players. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't fault the Wingard pick. I think he's got that exact... Uh, I think even though he's prone to maybe a 60 or a 70 game, he can easily score at 150. Just... Got great goal sense, can find the pill, he can do it all. So and he's, he's just a gener- generally a good looking bloke as well. I mean, yeah. Just generally speaking, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, bit bit yeah. of man love for Wingard. Um, now, before we sign off, Geary, we've got a couple of questions that we're going to answer on the Facebook. Um, unfortunately yeah. for you, these are all without notice, so I haven't given you any um, heads up on any of these questions. Question number one yeah. by James Carlisle. Thoughts on McVeigh? I can afford Doherty, but I'll have zero cash left over. He's just looking like a must-have, and it's best to just—is it best to just stick with Hall now? I answered the Aaron Hall one earlier, saying um, definitely stick with him at least this week and then reassess. Um, with the McVeigh one, I'll—I will speak up quickly now. I'm deciding between McVeigh and Pittard. At this point, yeah. I'm leaning slightly towards Peter, but I do like McVeigh as a pick. Um, if it came yeah. to McVeigh in a bunch of cash versus Doherty in no cash, I'd probably still take Doherty. Where are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd still take Doherty as well. It depends as well where your team lies with uh, getting to full primo. Like, if you're one, only one or two players off, then I'd say go, I'd still say go Doherty. If you're quite a while off, like if you're maybe three or four players off full primo and you really need that cash, then I would consider going McVeigh over the others because I think the aim of the game in Supercoach is to get to full primo 
as quick as possible before Supercoach finals or as quick as possible if you're playing for overall rank. So I think if you're if you if you think that you're going to struggle to get to full primo after going to Dockery, I think then in that case you would go to McVeigh. Yeah, I yeah, definitely. Give yourself give yourself every yeah give yourself every possible opportunity to get um, Sam Dockery into your side because he's going to be the number one defender. Yeah, um, from here on in. Well, Heath yeah, Shaw he might have be. something to say about that. Oh, say about that, but. Sorry about that. He's <laughs> <laughs> just ruled out Heath I mean, Shaw. Yeah. He's been the best defender for yeah. the last two years. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh. On that note, yeah, no, I'm no. going to leave you with zero credibility and move on to the next question. Um, Johnny Zamet asks, is it game over if you're not in the top 50 teams by now? No, it's not. It's not game over. Um, is um, not in the top 50? 50 by is now. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, he's. I mean, if you if you're not in the top fifty of your ladder, then it's probably game over. Doubt you'd have yeah. a ladder that big, but um, yeah, if you're not in top fifty by now in rankings, no, you still got a chance. I mean, people storm home from everywhere. It's an outside chance. If you have a good buy round, yeah. this buy round, then I mean, anything can happen. I mean, yeah. these buy rounds definitely say a lot. I'm I'm planning on having a decent buy round, getting back into the ten thousand, and then storming home from there. I mean, I'm just aiming for top um, top 5,000 or something, but I'm at 15,000. So ranks can be cut down very easily. They're not that far ahead by now. So yeah. definitely keep the faith, I reckon. Um, yeah. Jared Richards asks, "Is Deledio, uh, should we get Deledio as a forward? Bit of a point of difference question mark. I don't think he is anymore. I think a lot of people were getting on him last week, so... Um, to answer your question, yeah. yes, get on Deledio, but if you want a point yeah, of difference, absolutely. then um, he's probably not the one to look at because he's not really a point of difference. But definitely yeah. get on Deledio. Yeah. Oh, actually, Jordan, um, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. He's in only uh, 7.5% of teams, so he is still quite a point of difference. Interesting. That is very interesting. Well, um, I got him. Um, I, I got him when he was in 5% of teams, so... Just, yeah. just saying, I was on him before it was cool. Um, so, yeah, you probably just yeah. on low now. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, but, but de- yeah, definitely get on him. Yeah, definitely. I think we can both um, certainly agree with that. Um, we'll look at one more, two more questions maybe. Um, Daniel Rich, keep or kill, does my head in. Paul Maltman, I know exactly what you're saying. I've got him... Ah, man. Um, your boy, Geary, he's on your footy team. I think you've got him in your super coach as well. Don't, no, no, don't yeah. keep. Don't keep. All right, give me give me why we should keep first and then I'll counter, I'll counter respond and then won't give you a, a second response after that. All right, okay. Let me just uh, give you a bit of a disclaimer first. Keep for now. I think he's averaging 84. It's not disgusting. It's not disgustingly bad, but it's... We paid, what, 430k for him, and he's probably averaging around that mark as well. So I think if you're going for your overall ranking, then unless you're going to someone like Doherty or Simpson or Heath Shaw, then I wouldn't be thinking of trading him. But um, if you're going to go, if you're only going to go to someone like uh, Rance or even Rory Laird, then I'd probably stay away. Yeah. Upgrade. This whole, I think. 
the points gained has to be at least like 15 to 20 points per game if you're going to really consider trading. Yeah, um, I do see where you're coming from. I'll quickly counter. Um, it's his buy this week. He's been shocking um, thus far. Not shocking as in 60s every week, like we have to get off him now, but shocking enough that we're losing points on those premium defenders. Um, if you've got him and you're missing someone like Simpson or Doherty and you've got the cash to do it, I'll do it this week um, while it's his buy. I'm trading him. I'm not making much of an upgrade, but um, I'm probably going to trade him to someone like Pittard and leave myself with three trades. Daniel Rich is just frustrating me that much. Um, and I've just lost that much faith in him, but um, that's probably not the recommended route, that's for sure. Um, to answer a couple more questions to sign off on, um, first of all, any idea on Wells and Zorko's return dates? Zorko's confirmed to come back after the buy. Um, I can tell you his wife was pregnant. Um, she had a healthy pregnancy, but there was um, a couple of little complications in which he had to. He felt it was best to stay with his wife for um, an extra week in the hospital to make sure she was okay. Everything is okay, but. Um, he just wanted to consolidate with her um, a week before the buy, yeah. so um, that will be cleared up. He'll be back um, after his buy week. Um, and Wells' return date, if I were to guess, I'd say after the buy. Worst case scenario, yeah. he misses another week um, after the buy. I don't think you should worry too much about him missing one more week after the buy. I think um, he's because I think you should have the forward cover in someone like uh, Tom Phillips or Christian Petrarca. Yeah, yeah, Manager. Because he's <laughs> going to be scoring 120. He's going to be scoring week. 130 every second week. So he's, he's a given loophole option anyway. Just bench Hall but, and um, play Manager, I reckon. Pardon? Bench Aaron Hall for the rest of the season and just play Manager. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> save a trade. Don't even bother upgrading uh, Aaron Hall. Just save the trade. But upgrade's already sitting there on your bench. Just use Manager for the rest yeah. of the year. Yeah. absolutely great idea but yeah no I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about Wells um, only missing a single week afterwards anyways because not worth that trade if he's going to come back a week later and burn you but um, that'll pretty much wrap it up lastly Darren Lowe that was Alexi Harris by the way asking those um, return dates Darren Lowe can Frito still win the brown low simply put he definitely can should be favourite the bookies are giving him no love at all I can't believe it um, I've personally chucked over a hundred grand on him this year. I think it's absolute guaranteed money. I'd advise everyone to do the same, and that will wrap us up, mate. Um, comment on our Facebook page if you didn't like Geary, because um, I'm probably going to comment saying something about him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Give us reviews everywhere: SoundCloud, iTunes. I think we still have issues downloading with iTunes. It did crash for a little while there at mid-season and. We just haven't been able to fix it. It's a very tedious, frustrating program. Um, so just bear with us there. But yeah, no, I hope you enjoyed and let us know how the new format was. Thank you very much for being with me, Geary. Yeah, you're welcome, Jordan. And uh, hopefully I'll see you next week. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. Well, see me. Yeah, we'll do a voice call. That'll be even better. Voice call yeah. on the podcast. We could stream live. Yeah. yeah, no, that won't be happening. No one wants to see oh. my mug on their computers, mate. <laughs> just oh, the yeah. just the agree by Gary. Um, yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, mate. Needed that. All right, catch us next week. <laughs>